This is the Chillinois Podcast. This drug is dangerous. You cannot play with it. It's not funny. It's not something to laugh about. Good people don't smoke marijuana. I like turtles. This episode was recorded on the morning of August 15th, 2020. I am Justine with Canna Queens. And I am Cole from the Chillinois Podcast. Hey, so uh, exciting news. We just did our first harvest on our homegrown plants, so we're pretty excited about that. Yes, very cool. Um, we've got some jarred up that was off our first plant, and uh, so it's all dry. It's curing at this point, and we've got some more. Uh, we just cut down one of our uh, main plants last night, um, and we've got it up drying, and I'm going to be cutting down the other plant tomorrow. It's also ready. I'm just being lazy, you know, trim jail problems, right? <laughs> yeah, you're... You're moving a little slow on this one, but I can't complain. Yep, yep. No complaints here, right? Yeah. So, NewMed, a rapidly expanding Chicago-based vertically integrated cannabis company, has launched their new name and brand, New Era. New Era covers their three current Illinois retail locations, a newly acquired cultivation center in Rochelle, Illinois, and their new brand of flower and pre-rolls. And today, we're actually joined by Jonah Rapino, uh, the Director of Marketing at New Era. Jonah, welcome to the Chillinois Podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, tell us about, um, you know, this recent transition to uh, New Era, because I've been a patient at New Med for the last, I'd say, two and a half years, maybe. Um, the crew's great there. I've even gone to the location in Peoria. Um, also great crew. I've just never been up to Chicago. I'm not up there often. Um, but, uh, yeah, tell us about that transition from new med to new era. Absolutely. Would be my pleasure. So, uh, new med, uh, medical dispensaries have been around since kind of late 2016. Um, and you know, things changed. Uh, in a very big way on January 1st, uh, as I'm sure you can imagine with the launch of the adult use, uh, quote, you know, recreational uh, cannabis program in Illinois. Um, so, you know, we are servicing both medical patients and the uh, recreational customer at all of our locations now. And we felt like, um, you know, it would be a good time to kind of transition into a new, uh, you know, um, market position in a way, you know, cause we're, we're not, we're available to all people 21 plus now. So our name as it was new med, uh, very much focused on, uh, medical. Uh, so we decided, Hey, let's, let's, let's have a refresh. So what would, you know, capture our, our kind of mission and values now and what came out of that was uh, a new era. You know, we're we're really living in a new era of cannabis, uh, not only in Illinois but in the United States and you know in the world. So we kind of wanted uh, to represent that fact 
uh, with our name and with our brand. Gotcha. Do you mind going over some of your uh, missions and values, Jonah? Yeah. Your mission and values, sorry. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, New Era, you know, we source, you know, the highest quality products that we possibly can um, to, you know, suit the needs of our Illinois medical patients and now our, you know, 21 plus recreational customers. Um, The fact that we are new era now um, doesn't mean that we've left behind uh, our med patients. You know, we're, we're really committed to those folks who, who helped kind of break the seal and do the hard work, um, you know, for many years here in Illinois. Um, And we, we just, you know, we really value uh, the contributions that they've made. And we're just going to kind of make sure that we're, we really stay true you know, to those, the medicinal values, you know, that we came up in, you know, and that has to do with, you know, making sure that the types of products that we stock uh, are, you know, focused around, you know, not just now recreational, but medicinal uh, purposes as well. So, you know, you have considerations around, you know, uh, pain, anxiety, uh, arthritis, you know, how our topical is being used, uh, rapid onset for tinctures for, for folks who are unable to, you know, use um, combusted materials, you know, things like that. Uh, and, and then what's really great is that we can bring that ethos to our 21 plus, you know, adult use customers as well. Because uh, it's very much our opinion that, you know, while it's you know, we've got this big quote around recreational now that, you know, the typical cannabis user in our, in our mind is still, you know, using cannabis for medicine, you know, in many different ways. Um, right. You know, relaxation, you know, helps people focus, you know, it helps with, um, you know, digestive uh, problems or to help stimulate appetite, you know. People aren't just uh, using cannabis to get get zooted, you know. Um, yeah. So it's yeah, for, personally, I use it for mental health, for reflection, you know, yeah, uh, among other things, you know. Yeah. I've had a number of conversations with uh, like cannabis focused doctors, and that's one of the things that they say. It's like, you know, they talk, let me talk this this gentleman I was talking to. He's like, let me talk to anybody about their use of cannabis, and, and I'm gonna be able to point out that it's not just they're not just using it recreationally like that they're using it for kind of a whole, you know, uh, regiment for themselves, mental health, physical health, things like that. So, I mean, that's, that's very much at the core of our mission is uh, plant-based medicine, uh, and the best possible, um, you know, um, products for, you know, as wide of uh, a population of people as, as we can. Gotcha. And uh, Justine, I know you have a question about what sets apart a new era from other um, cultivators and dispensary owners. But really quick, I just want to say that I really love the name new era because, you know, it really we are really living in a new era in which, uh, you know, you have more access to information. The cannabis is higher quality, arguably safer and, and available in greater variety than ever before. And as this market has really come to fruition, we've got more methods of consumption, more strains, you know, uh, precise dosage labeling and 
better information on the effects of each of those products than really anybody I think that's ever seen cannabis before, you know, and I think that's why that name is so beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth. (laughs) Actually, I took the words right off your press release, Um, (laughs) but I couldn't agree more, you know, like with, with what you guys are saying, I, I wanted to make sure that people didn't think those were my words because that was very well said and I couldn't agree more. Yeah. Like, you know, we're living in a new era of cannabis. So absolutely. One, one of the things that is, uh, most amazing to me is, is dosage, you know? So there's been not very much, you know, research done over the many decades, right? Because of the prohibition and just, you know, the just lack of funds from, you know, our ability for universities and research labs to even use this plant, you know? Um, So what has happened is that we have a community of, of users, right? Working together and sharing their experiences. Um, and that in, in one way is one of the, you know, the situation that we kind of been forced to, to, to rely on is depending on each other, you know? So what we have is we have, uh, in all of our locations, our salespeople, you know, who are for the most part, medical patients themselves, uh, with a lot of experience with their, you know, their personal experience. Right. And so they're sharing, well, Hey, you know, if you're a first time user, you know, this is the kind of thing that we're going to re- recommend, uh, in terms of dosing. And, you know, thankfully the, the cultivators that we work with are supplying things in a range of, you know, C- CBD to T- THC combinations, also low dose, uh, options. So people can get to know what's going to work right for them. You know, and, you know, our, our staff always uh, helps uh, our customers, you know, reinforce the idea of slow and low. You know, you're going to take a little sip off of that vape cartridge and you're going to see how that makes you feel. Or you're going to you're going to try uh, like half of this low dose gummy. We wait 30 minutes and, and see how that makes you feel and, and really try to pay attention to what your body is telling you. And then make sure that you come back and tell me about your experience so that we can help further refine uh, uh, the dosing that's going to be best for you, you know? So absolutely that, that's not something that I don't think generally folks, uh, who have an experience with the black market, you know, were, are, are able to get, you know, it's like, here's this thing. Um, for the most part, it's, it's not been tested. There's no labeling. You can't quite tell what you're going to get. And you just kind of have to jump off yeah, you get what you get. You know? and there's no consistency. There's nothing to return to. And that's what exactly. I really like about this new market, yeah. you know. And I do have to say that, yeah, your bud tenders are uh, very help- helpful. I like to say I shop in Urbana. And I've found just in uh, Justine as a bud tender, you'd probably agree. I, I would just say as a consumer, you know, if you're looking for suggestions, your own research is great. But another great way to find um, strains or products that might work for you are to just straight up ask your bud tender. Cause like Jonah said, most of them are, are patients or users of cannabis. Um, whether that just be, you know, for their own, you know, self use or medicinally. And, uh, it's a great way to find new products in this market. Yeah. And they're also having conversations all day long, you know, with, with people and they're about their cannabis use. So they're gaining a bank of knowledge through other people's personal use that they can then use 
in reference when they're talking to another person. You know, I actually started in the industry um, on the sales floor, um, you know, talking to, you know, cancer patients, to vets, to, you know, grandmas, to, you know, all sorts of different people. And, you know, I was able to just really take the knowledge that they shared with me to help inform the next person that was coming up. You know, I would say, Hey, you know, I just, I just had someone who told me about it. They have a similar kind of problem or experience that you have. And this is what they're finding is really working well for them. So maybe this is something you might want to consider, you know? So it's, it's amazing that uh, this industry or this product and this packaged good is also very much wrapped up in, you know, how is this helping other people and how, and then in result, it's creating this kind of community. And, you know, like I, I like to call it a kind of a community of care, you know, people looking out for each other. So that's awesome. And I know earlier you mentioned Illinois, obviously, of course, you're in Illinois, but could people find New Era outside of the state or like, do you guys do multi-state or are you just Illinois? Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're Illinois born and bred. Uh, and that's where we are right now. Uh, our products uh, are only available in Illinois. Uh, the new era experience is just, yeah, right here, right now. And we, you know, we have our three retail shops, uh, East Peoria, Urbana, and Chicago. And, and we will be adding three more uh, retail locations um, in the near-ish future uh, in those same regions. Uh, that was part of the rollout for uh, January 1st. All existing medical dispensaries were able to then open a secondary site uh, in, in their kind of zone so we're excited to to expand uh, because they're in Illinois. Uh, there's just a lot of demand uh, and not you know that much uh, opportunities and supply. You know, so so we're pretty happy to to you know confine ourselves to Illinois uh, right now and just try to you know give the ac- absolute best you know experience that we can. That's what I like about you guys, though. You're, you know, you're family owned. You're not owned by a larger company, not a, you know, hedge fund. You're not a Canadian owned company. <laughs> um, you know, that really sets you, like they say, that's another way that sets you apart from these other operations. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's just happening more and more, right, as the as the industry expands uh, in the United States and the world. And you're you're kind of getting these, you know, empire builders, you know, just quickly jumping into the foray and just seeing, seeing that market demand. Right. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if the intentions behind what they're doing are, are anything more than just finding a, a, a cash cow, you know? So, but, but I don't know, it's also to be expected. So it's, it, it is great that there are companies like new era out there that are kind of you know, born and bred in, in, in that place and serving the population and kind of really considering, you know, where we are and who the types of people that we, we are, are serving. And when it comes to serving the people, um, you guys are involved with the social equity, correct? And with the applicants? Yeah, absolutely. In a variety of ways, you know, and I would say that Illinois is, is trying valiantly to really be as inclusive as possible. I think that the, the regulations that they've written around um, social equity and inclusion are some of the best in the United States. 
Uh, not to say that it's not without uh, its many problems. Um, you know, it hasn't been quite the smooth rollout that I think that they were hoping for uh, in terms of getting more minority-owned businesses, um, you know, social equity folks and people disproportionately impacted by the war on drugs, like as easy, you know, active, you know, entrepreneurs in, in, in this industry. Um, they have a long way to go and it's, you know, it, it needs support on many sides. And one of them is, is by the current dispensary owners, you know? So, you know, we have, we've done, you know, some work, uh, for that on our end. We've, um, we've assisted, you know, around, I forget how many, but we've assisted some social equity applicants, but basically what, 25 dispensary applications, um, so, and all of those SEAs are either African-American owned, uh, and majority veteran owned. Um, so we're, we're doing our best to help with mentoring, uh, with fundraising and basically startup support to help, you know, make those applicants as successful as they possibly can. You know, um, there's only so much that can be done with that because then there is the kind of lottery system, uh, as well, because, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds of applications for a very few uh, licenses for this round, right? So we've, we've, we've done our best to kind of seek out folks that, that we could lend our support to. Um, and uh, another way that we're working on this as well is through hiring um, as well as contracting. So, you know, since January 1st, um, we've, the majority of the, the new hires and new employees that we've uh, gotten have been from disproportionately impacted areas. Um, so I forget the number right now, 12 or 13 or 14 uh, of our you know, newest hires are all uh, from DIAs. Um, so that's one way that we feel like we could have an impact uh, as well. Um, and then there's a couple others. We, we work with this really amazing um, company uh, Illinois Equity Staffing. So they've actually helped us a lot uh, reach that goal. Um, so there's uh, this group of people who basically that's their niche, right? So they're finding qualified candidates uh, and then introducing them to cannabis companies. Um, Shawnee Williams is actually the head of Illinois Equity Staffing. Got to give a shout out uh, to them because they're just um, really doing uh, amazing social justice kind of service, you know, by helping people bridge that gap between the Yeah, I'll have to look into them. That sounds yeah. awesome. Yeah, they're great. And, and it's actually the way that I, um, through uh, interaction with Shawnee, was the way that I was able to be introduced to uh, New Med, which is now New Era, uh, in the first place. So that's really great. Um, you know, we've written some letters of support for some uh, grant funding uh, that they've actually been uh, applying for as well. That's another way that we're trying to, <clears throat> you know, do what we can. Um, and then <clears throat> another thing, so what, for one of our licenses, we're um, committed to working with a, uh, we're basically in partnership with an SEA applicant to manage one of our, our secondary location in Chicago. So we've, we've created that, that um, opportunity for that SEA applicant to be involved in our um, newest store uh, that will be opening up in Chicago. Um, hopefully, 
fingers crossed soon when, when we can work out all of the bureaucratic red tape and the zoning and everything else. So that's just a few ways that we're, we're, you know, trying to really, you know, pull back and look at the, the, the health of the whole industry, you know, uh, as a whole, I guess. That's awesome. I, um, I'm definitely a huge fan of the social equity program. I think that that's something really amazing that Illinois implemented. And I'm glad that, um, you know, we're really working to champion the people who have been disproportionately affected by the war on drugs, like you said, um, as well as minority entrepreneurs and people who otherwise wouldn't really have gotten a chance to start up their business. So it's, it's great that New Era is really working hard to support that and um, to make sure that you are allowing everybody to have an equal opportunity, no matter where they come from or what their background might be. Absolutely. It needs to be done. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit um, kind of about your products. I know that you touched on this earlier and told us what kind of things that you're offering, but are those products going to be available in, say, like if I walked into Sunnyside, am I going to see New Era products ever, or is it just going to stay kind of within the New Era family? Uh, absolutely. That's a great question. Um, no, we're going to try to uh, make our products uh, widely available. Um, that'll take a little while. Um, you know, nothing happens overnight, especially in cannabis, right? The plant's um, got to grow, right? <laughs> plant's got to grow. <laughs> So um, we only recently, you know, um, got involved in this cultivation. Um, we're at about, that's a, a greenhouse that's about uh, 19,000 square feet. Um, and we are, you know, growing it as, as fast, but as carefully as possible. You know, our, I've spent a lot of time with our, our um, cultivators. And they're just very committed to the, creating the highest quality possible plant. You know, um, they they just really take care and uh, of their ladies and are just, you know, so committed to just perfection when it comes to uh, the type of inputs that they use. The you know, the, the the overall health, not pushing it to just you know, um, squirt out as much THC you know juice as possible. You know. They're really focused on something that's going to grow with a lot of uh, other cannabinoids uh, possible. You know, CBG, CBC, CBDA, all that stuff, as well as have very robust terpene profiles. Um, so they're you know they they're not trying to rush things to market. They're really trying to um, you know have plants that are growing with a really full spectrum of all the different uh, chemicals that react together to make the best possible effect. So that was really something really amazing to, to, to find out about when I started visiting them, the cultivations, how much care that they put in, into their products. Um, so right now we're packaging up um, premium flour um, in eighths. Uh, we're taking some of our uh, smaller like buds, uh, popcorn as you will, and packaging that up in quarters. Um, and we have a, uh, a line of pre-rolls, uh, for the convenience for our customers. Um, and then right now we, so we only are, um, growing flour. We don't have extraction labs yet or other things. Um, it's still early in our life cycle, 
Uh, so we're actually also using uh, our shake um, that you know shows up at the kind of the end of the the harvesting, trimming, processing, packaging process, yeah. and we're also now putting that into its own container and offering that as kind of a low cost uh, product for people because you know we all know at the beginning of uh, the cannabis industry in any state, the prices can be often very high. Uh, couple that with the the tax on the adult use, and that's quite a, a dollar commitment. So we're trying to also have a, a broad array of prices uh, and opportunities for the people who come to our, our stores and the people that we're going to be supplying. Um, and then, so, you know, back to the, the wholesale program. So we are servicing... I think I, I forget the exact number, somewhere between eight and 11 dispensaries right now. Um, most of those are independents. Um, and we're just, you know, starting to start the relationships with all the different other cultivators as well as retail operators out there. So, so nice. we're hoping for, yeah, we're hoping for uh, expansion, but we're going to do it the right way. Yeah. So I just want to say really quick, just mid show, you know, uh, you can find more about new era at new You can also follow them on Instagram, uh, at new era. I believe they've even got, um, you know, an Instagram for each shop location. Let me see here. New yep. Era. We have it. We have, uh, for all three locations as well as our uh, kind of umbrella, which is, uh, at new era cannabis. Nice. Yeah, I'm seeing that now. So at New Era Cannabis, but guys, if you want to follow your local dispo or dispensary, um, it's at New Era Urbana, at New Era East Peoria, or at New Era Chicago. So you got locations in Chicago, Urbana, and East Peoria. Um, you were saying you didn't have a con- um, an extract lab. Maybe, maybe that wasn't exactly what you said, but um, I was reading that you guys are um, going to be, uh, you know, expanding your product in the future to maybe include edibles, vape cartridges, concentrates, tinctures, and topicals. Um, that's pretty exciting. Absolutely. It's very exciting. You know, it's our chance to, uh, kind of roll up the new era experience in those types of products. Um, and that's going to be a lot of fun, especially, uh, for a marketing guy like me, you know, I'm going to be helping to kind of create, uh, those brands and those products. Uh, and find, you know, find uh, cool and in- informative ways and new ways to kind of present um, these types of, uh, you know, cannabis solutions to the market in Illinois. Uh, so I'm, we're really excited about that. I mean, our, the license that we have for the cultivation includes the ability to expand and to add um, those types of um, processes and products. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for uh, new era uh uh, products in, in those categories. Most definitely. Um, Justine, you had a question for Jonah, right? I mean, I'm just more curious, Jonah, about yeah. kind of where you got started. I mean, everybody's got a story of how they got into the cannabis industry. So tell us yours. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'd like to say that I would have been living for 40 years in an underground bunker in Humboldt County, um, you know, <laughs> the forefront of uh, genetics and things. But uh, we can't all have that story. <clears throat> so um, I'm actually from the Midwest originally. I grew up in Ohio. Uh, so uh, it's nice to, to be in the Midwest now. Uh, my kind of flat land stomping grounds, as it were. Okay. Uh, but I did spend a long time in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and that's actually where I was introduced to the uh, cannabis industry. 
Um, so Massachusetts had, I, I'd say some kind of somewhat similar to Illinois. It was kind of a slow rolling medical program, you know, um, it was a bit hard for the industry to get started. It was, you know, not easy to open, uh, you know, a medical dispensary. It was also not that easy to become a medical patient, you know, because of just kind of growing pains, uh, between the legis you know, legislative body and the, you know, the people and businesses that wanted to you know, utilize this resource. Um, it, you know, it, it's, 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 but it's really, it's come a long way. Um, so I was, uh, part of the, you know, opening team at a retail location, um, in Somerville, Massachusetts for a dispensary called revolutionary clinics, uh, shout out to revolutionary clinics. They're an amazing company. I'm really so lucky that I got to, to work there. Uh, so yeah, I started out on the sales floor, uh, having, you know, conversations with people. Um, gotcha. So you were a bud tender in Massachusetts. Absolutely. Yeah. That's how I started. How is, can you tell us like, uh, is it different there? Like, is it all prepackaged flour, just like in Illinois? Um, um, you know, it is, it's not, there's, there are some, um, yeah, there's definitely some different rules. So there's some dispensaries that were able to, uh, just have huge bins, uh, of flour, and then you would come in and you'd be like, huh, I want to look and smell that thing. And they'd pull the big bin out and they'd like huh. kind of waft their hand over it, you know, and you'd kind of smell it. I mean, thinking back on that now, that just like seems so horrifying. Like during COVID 19, right. <laughs> anyone that, yeah. like unmasked being over like an entire huge thing of bud. Um, but that was pretty cool. We, our company never did that. We did all prepackaged flour on prepackaged products. Um, gotcha. yeah. And that's a vertically integrated company. Um, and they very quickly spun up, um, a lot of products. I mean, when we started, we had, you know, a couple strains and we just wholesaled everything else from all the other dispensaries. And then, but very rapidly, we came out with lines of vape cartridges, edibles, topicals, and, and other things nice. like that. So I got to see, uh, just the, yeah, the, uh, the, the beginnings and how, how those, how those products evolved over time. You know? Yeah. So when was this again that you got involved? Yeah, probably around. Oh my god, uh, three years ago. Three years ago. So okay. 2017. So the market's probably different in Massachusetts now, huh? Absolutely. So yeah, they went through uh, a launch of adult use as well, uh, and they Massachusetts probably has over 200 dispensaries now. Um, oh, god damn. Yeah, which is great, and. Uh, it's amazing because, you know, the population is so much smaller in Massachusetts than it is in Illinois. Um, yeah. but you know, 200 versus what, 60 or so in Illinois. So um, yeah, but, 60 and like 20 something cultivation licenses, which really can put, you know, the state of the market into perspective for some people. That's why I like to ask those questions. Yeah. So the cannabis is a little bit, um, less expensive in Massachusetts. I mean, we'll get there in Illinois, I'm sure. Very sure. soon. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit uh, less expensive. Uh, and the funny thing about Massachusetts is like, you have to think about uh, that state as also kind of New England. So you've got a lot of people from all the other states very close by coming in, you know? So it's just like driving from a suburb of, of, of Chicago, you know, into Chicago proper would be like going to a different state in New England. So, so it is a pretty big, you know, market out there. There's a lot of people you know, in Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, you know, with various yeah. degrees of, of um, cannabis programs there. So just kind of bouncing back to new era. One of the things I wanted to make clear for some of our listeners that might be listening and be like, how did, how did they get a cultivation license? Well, 
I believe you guys acquired Pharmacan. Is that correct? We did. We were able to uh, purchase the cultivation from uh, Pharmacan. Yeah, the cultivation um, license. So if anybody was wondering like how exactly that happened, especially with, um, you know, a lot of people are waiting on, like you were talking about earlier, anticipating the release of licenses, which fortunately on Wednesday, I don't know if you saw this, Jonah, but on Wednesday, I believe um, the state released their tie-breaking rules. I did see Or at that. least they finalized them. Yeah. I don't know if they released them. That's but good. That's a baby step. It's a baby step, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's... Uh, I mean, it's the one step that needed to happen because of the fact, like you said, there were so many applicants for such a limited amount of licenses yeah. that <laughs> the fact that they didn't have those tiebreaker rules, like totally whatever, though, you know, that's politics. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, go, creating, they're creating something from nothing here, you know? Correct. Like, that's that's what I was just about to say. There's yeah. never been a more highly regulated market. I mean, I, you know, the FDA, you know, the, the, the meat industry isn't as highly regulated as this one. You know, and <laughs> right. it was just like, it, yeah, it's some a plant that's been, you know, in commercial use for thousands of years. And then all of a sudden they had to figure out how to both satisfy the kind of reefer madness that still exists around it and make it so it's regulated and available to people. So that's 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 no easy thing. I wouldn't want to be a bureaucrat trying to figure those things out. That's a really hard job. Sure. Yeah. And I'm I mean, sure it plays had- in public health and. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if they had their, you know, some of them have had their way, they'd be like, yeah, go for it. Free for all. I mean, it's not going to hurt you, you know, but they just can't do that, you know, especially because it's um, federally illegal, you know, just like making it so that the feds don't raid, you know, businesses or, or crack down on people. Like it's very important that they, they do this thing in a way that is really legitimizing it, you know, and I can understand how that can cause just some kind of legislative turmoil. Yeah, for sure. So working in the cannabis industry, you know, a lot of our listeners would, I mean, everybody, that's everybody's dream. Yeah. Um, can you tell us like how cool, cool is it? Like, have you ever just like sat back and thought about like the fact of like, like what you do for a living? <laughs> it's pretty, is it pretty cool. cool. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, so the way that I was able to get into the industry was just cold calls, you know? It's just perseverance, Um, especially in Massachusetts at that time. There just wasn't a lot of dispensaries, right? It was just kind of hard to get it going. And so I would I would like troll the, you know, the state, you know, the CCC, basically Cannabis Control Commission, their website. And they have public doc there that you can see all of the different people who are applying for licenses. And I just started like emailing and calling people who hadn't opened a shop yet. Um, just to say, hey, I'm really interested in, in this industry. I'd love to, to you know, give you my resume and see if I could find a fit in your company. And I just did that for like six months um, until, you know, finally one of them opened and got back to me and was like, you know, uh, we'd love to, to have you come on board. Um, so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't that easy. You know, there's definitely a lot of people who are trying to get into this industry, get these jobs and, and not many opportunities. So you just I, my, you know, my recommendation is just like, never give up and just like keep pushing. And so then, you know, when I got in, then, you know, I'm, I'm helping open the shop and yeah, there was this kind of moment where it really dawned on me and it's like, wait a minute, am I selling weed right now? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this thing that could land you in jail, you know, just scant years before that, all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, you know, literally helping cancer patients find alternate therapies that 
are going to help them survive and thrive. That to me was the, that was the shock, you know, how, how cool, how amazing and how life-changing this whole situation is. And and I I feel very appreciative for that time and for the ability to work with those people because it just was such an enormous education, Um, you know, and it's, it's just, it's hard. There's not a lot of resources out there for really learning on your own. I mean, there's, there's starting to be more and more, you know, I know about Oakton up in, you know, the North part of Illinois has some, some courses that you can do. And there's some things you can do online. And there's even some community colleges and universities that are starting to expand their, you know, educational possibilities around cannabis. But it's, you know, compare that with um, learning how to be a a bartender. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) right. It's a vast difference. So you really got to, you know, kind of take a chance and do your best to, to, to find the opportunities where you can. And yeah. So anyway, I'm pretty thankful. Yeah. Yeah. And there are plenty of opportunities in this industry. I mean, it, it's definitely a job creating industry. Yeah. Sure. I mean, once, once we get those 75 uh, retail locations open in Illinois, think about that. I mean, that's a lot, yeah. ton of jobs. And then once the cultivation, you know, licenses start rolling out again, I mean, it's just gonna, it's just such a boon for the economy as well as the, as the environment. So Well, and that's the thing that I was reading earlier this week is, uh, I believe it was a CNN article. Um, we talked about it um, on a former episode that was released earlier this week. So listeners of the Chilomoy podcast, check out some, we've got some new episodes out. But um, uh, it was talking about how, you know, the Illinois cannabis economy is one of the economies that's still just booming, almost stronger than ever. Um you know, of course, with the adult of or with the launch of adult use. Um, but I just, you know, you find that interesting to read in, in the midst of a pandemic. Um, the cannabis industry is still booming and it just shows you that it is an essential business. Absolutely. I mean, people need healing, you know, and, especially at a time like now, you know, and it's amazing that people are being given this alternative because what's the other you know, main essential business that people turn to is the liquor store. Yeah. Right? And that's, you know, far and away, not any, you know, not very good for your health uh, when you're kind of turning it to it in desperation, you know? So the fact that there are these opportunities for people to, to find solace or, or help in, in a plant that actually has real healing, you know, properties is, is, is amazing. And I, I feel bad for the States that don't have it. Right. So this once again, is just kind of like, it seems to be a huge call for uh, our federal government to kind of get going on on legalization uh, in all 50 states. Canada Canada can do it. Come on. (laughs) And I know, um, so I have been kind of seeing some numbers that have been coming out of the Illinois adult use market, Um, something around like $52 million in taxes in the first couple months or something like that. Um, some coworkers of mine were talking about how Virginia is now starting to grant licenses and they were saying that, oh, they're going to grant eight licenses and they're projecting making, um, 11 million by the end of 2021. And I was just sitting over here. I'm like, wow, Illinois is killing it. If that's what they're projecting for Virginia. I mean, man, I mean, the population in Illinois is just so big, you know? Yeah. So the demand is so huge. So how could we not, you know, it's set to be the, you know, much bigger market than Colorado, you know, 
Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of located in a really good spot. We're almost right smack dab in the middle of the United States. So yeah. people are going to be passing through all the time. So I'm not surprised that our, yeah. our market's doing as well as it is. Yeah, all those people that were going to Colorado are taking a little stop in Illinois. Um, there you go. You know, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I, but yeah, like you said, Jonah, I feel bad for the states that don't have cannabis laws right now. Like, yeah. what a place to be in. Uh, both literally and like, you know, symbolic. I don't even know what I'm trying to say. It would just suck to be in. I don't mean to like rub it in for anybody that's, you know, listening and not in a state like ours. But holy crap, a pandemic's going on and you don't even have access to legal weed. Like, like you say that it could put a lot of people in a bad position, especially with the fact that liquor stores are so readily accessible. It's right. just a scary thought, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, here's hoping that things will change in a big way uh, come November 20th. You know? Yeah, that's right. People register to vote. There's plenty, there's plenty going on. And I actually just saw, of course, I'm going to, it's slipping my mind right now, but there are some adult use measures in several states um, that are going to be on the ballot. So register to vote, vote.gov. I mean, it's very, very important that you vote because th- things like what happened here in Illinois, that's a result of voting, you know, um, arguably, because Illinois cannabis legislation came about um, through the legislative process. So those people that you that we voted into office, they put this through. It's actually the first state to do that. Um, so it shows you that the power of the vote is, um, you know, it's powerful, right? So yeah, that was to me one of the most surprising things. You know, that Illinois managed to do that because everything else has been a ballot measure. You know, Massachusetts. Right. Uh, there's just so much progressive things happening through ballot measures, uh, you know, power to the people. And what, it's funny that so at one on one side, you can kind of applaud Illinois for for doing that for the legislators, like actually taking it into their own hands. But Illinois, you're blocked from doing ballot measures. The people can't, yeah. <laughs> you know, introduce things into law. You know what I mean? And they have to depend on those legislators. So even more so, the vote is important. Right. Because right. they can't. The only power in a way that they have besides, you know, going out in the streets and protesting is to vote uh, people in. So Good clarification, Jonah. Thank yeah. you for saying that. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. It's important to vote. I'm going to say it again. Vote.gov. No matter where you're from, it'll help you like, you know, we're from Illinois. So if you go to vote.gov and mark in that you're from Illinois, it'll redirect you to the Illinois uh, voting page so you can make sure you're registered to vote. And if not register to vote. You can even request your mail-in ballot from there. Um, so yeah, yeah, be safe and vote, people. Um, Jonah, I want to thank you for coming on to the Chillinois podcast. Hey, my pleasure. It's been yeah, awesome. and you know, you're always welcome to come on here in the future. We're definitely going to reach out to you because you know you talked about the fact that you're going to be expanding uh, the operation. You know, to include edibles, vape cartridges, concentrates, tinctures, and topicals. And the fact that right now you guys offer the flower and pre-rolls, I'm just excited to see um, what where you guys are in the future. So we're definitely going to touch base, but I want to extend the invitation to you. Yeah, thank you. You know, if anything ever comes up, you just reach out, man, and uh, we'll we'll line it up like we did this time. We find a date and time that works for us, and we will get you on the Chillinois podcast. Excellent. I mean, you know, one thing that we should talk about next time is um, social consumption. So Illinois Absolutely. has, you know. Uh, some very progressive uh, ideas about what to do about that, which is really exciting. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, but 
Um, you know, and it'll be interesting to see how it happens post COVID yeah. because going into it, it was pretty clear cut. Like, let's talk, you know, they, they, uh, they made it so that dispensaries could open a consumption lounge or, uh, believe smoke shops. Like if you had a hookah lounge, for example, right. you could, could, uh, host a cannabis consumption lounge. But, yeah. uh, I think that just post COVID, if anything, it's going to be like, all right, people, everybody gets their own joint or something like that. Like no passing, you know, I don't know how it's going to work, but it's (laughs) exciting. Yeah. Puff, puff. It's exciting for sure. Cause I mean, the thing about the law is that it does say that, uh, you know, public consumption is prohibited. Um, you know, that's, that's just like alcohol. You can't walk down the street drinking a fifth. Uh, but there are of course bars, um, and in, in the case of cannabis, they were shooting for consumption lounges. Right. So that'd be really nice for people to have a safe haven because, you know, you know, we have a place that we can smoke and a lot of our listeners have their own home where they can smoke. And if they've got their medical cannabis card, they can home cultivate. But not everybody's that fortunate. You know, people live in yeah. uh, apartments or maybe different living situations. So um, consumption lounges are important. It's going to be fun. It's going to be wild. We're in yeah, the, the yeah. wild Midwest. Uh, that's right. Country. That's right. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, that'll definitely be an exciting topic in the future because uh, I think that we'll be further along and hopefully, I, you know, I'm really trying to have a positive outlook on this whole pandemic thing. Hopefully that we'll, we'll be done with that sooner than later, you know, absolutely. we all get together and um, yeah, find stay a solution. Positive, so stay that's hydrated. right. We got to stay positive. And uh, I find that cannabis helps in that. So go to uh, New Era and get you some uh, cannabis <laughs> if you right. are feeling down and about. That they'll help you find something that'll get you out of that funk. No so, doubt. Um, before we part, uh, Jonah, I just want to say thank you for joining yeah, us cool. on the Chillinoid podcast. My pleasure. It was super fun. Uh, you guys are easy to talk to. Thanks for handing me a bunch of meatballs that I could just kind of munch on. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> uh, especially uh, 10.30 a.m. It's much appreciated. All and right. Justine's still there? Yeah, Justine's I'm still there. here. Justine, very Sorry. nice to meet you. Uh, yeah, nice hopefully one day we can hang out face to face. That would be cool. That'd be great. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. One of these days when when uh, pand- uh, the pandemic's no longer a thing, we'll have to bring you into the Chillinoid podcast studio. Yeah, nice. We'll I would love that. Sit down, so. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, Jonah, thanks again for coming on the Chillinoid podcast. Absolutely. And, uh, we'll see Thank you next time. See you guys. Have great days. So that was pretty exciting to talk to somebody else in the industry. I always love talking to people who are current or former bud tenders because it really, um, you know, speaks to the part of me that still has a heart in bud tending. So that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. And the comment that Jonah made about, you know, uh, smelling product p- post COVID, you know, it, it really, it's a thought that we've talked about, you know, before Justine, it's like, will that continue? Maybe they'll change it up a little bit where they like keep a uh, display product out that you can smell, you know, that's not for consumption or something. I don't know. I feel like that's the happy, me- that's the happy medium, you know? Yeah. And for those of our listeners who may not know this, uh, when flour is sold from bulk, that is referred to as deli style. I just I learned that recently. I was going to say, I don't even think I knew that. So uh, today I learned. Um, yeah. And, and for those that don't know, you know, that haven't bought cannabis outside of the state of Illinois and other states, you can actually like see and smell the product before you buy it. 
it's changed a little bit with COVID as I understand it. And I'm not sure exactly how, um, but I would imagine, like I say, the happy medium is just keeping display product out that is for smelling and not for consumption. But I don't know. I don't own a dispensary, (laughs) you know, but um, so (laughs) thank you guys uh, for listening to this episode of the Chillinoy podcast. Yeah. I hope you found value in it as always. And uh, we appreciate your feedback. We couldn't do this without you. Yeah, absolutely. On that note, if you want to leave us some feedback, just go to chillinoynet slash podcast. If you scroll down and you click the be heard button, uh, it'll take you to our feed, like our uh, contact page, if you will. And you can send us a message um, via email. You can text mess. You can text us and you can leave us a voicemail, which we can play on the show. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, till next time, we've got an exciting lineup of uh, shows coming out. So, um, we'll see you. Bye. <laughs>